Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Thank you to whoever uh, left the Hello, My Name is Ryan uh, stickers by our microphones. And hello to all you Ryans out there. I see so many of you in the audience. What a name. What a great name. If somewhere there's somebody who's maybe considering having a child or about to have a child or recently had a child whom they haven't named yet, don't you want to name your kid after an inside joke in the internet's 237th most favorite podcast. <laughs> We're just waiting, Hank. We're waiting for that one baby. The one baby to save us all. <laughs> baby Ryan. The one true Ryan. Hello, John. This is Dear Hank and John. That's not how we start the pod. We start the pod. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. Nope. No, that's how it's done. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Okay. All right. Okay. So, guys, all right. We've, we've never done this live before. I did, I did a live podcast once without Hank. It was great, but it was all because of Karen Hallion. I had nothing to do with the quality of the podcast. Clear. Now I've got this Yahoo. <laughs> so we're going to do our best, but please bear in mind we've never done this live before. We are going to be taking your questions, but first we're going to take a few questions from uh, the listeners um, and then we'll get to some of your questions. Hopefully, I apologize in advance for the fact that we're not going to answer almost all of your questions. Okay. Hank, go. Three, two, one, bang it out. Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. That was weirdly over the top. Let's try it it's one more time. It's always over the top, John. Have you listened to the pod? Oh, you're right. You know, I was actually I was listening to our most recent podcast, and that was the one time I thought we weren't over the, po over the top, and I was like, low energy. Yeah. All right. All right. Last time, last time. Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a comedy podcast where me and my brother John, we talk about death. I answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Today we are live at Nerd Gone Nerd Viteria. Wow. How you doing, John? I'm, I'm doing so well. Uh, the... For one thing, for the first time in nine weeks, there is good news from AFC Wimbledon. 
Uh, for another, I have to say that this first day at NerdCon Nerdfighteria, this has been uh, really one of the best days of my life. Uh, just an incredible opportunity to hang out with people who are the best, like who are the best people. It's objectively the best. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not all, all the time that you get to throw a party for yourself and have a bunch of people show up. And uh, it, it really does feel like we're just in a room full of friends and people yeah. um, who share our values and passions and interests. And it's just, you know, when you grow up a nerd, y you dream that something like this will happen. Uh, and I hope that everyone is having the same kind of experience that we're having. Yeah. And thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm also having a very good day, John. My Mars news is bad. It's bad Mars news, John. So I'm glad that you, you've got some good news. While when got... you say bad, well, do you mean that it's good for the Internet's leading Mars opponent, Leon Musk? It is good for Leon Musk. Yeah. Do not cheer. Good news for Leon Musk is good news for me. I know that you guys are out there, but I don't want to know that you're out there. I don't want to hear you out there. Hank, follow up to the original bet, re whether the name of the podcast is Dear Hank and John or Dear John and Hank. Does the moment we rename the podcast Dear John and Hank come in 2028? Yeah. Or does it come when it becomes truly impossible? No, it comes in 2028, John. I think it could come any day now because it is not looking good for humans on Mars by 2028. Hank, I have some corrections. Well, do you have a short poem? I don't. Uh, okay, well. I, I, I know, I know. So here's the thing about the short poem. I, I'm reading this incredible book of poetry by a guy named Clint Smith, I think is his name. Uh, he has four, it's so good. There's one other person in the audience. It's, the, the book is called uh, Counting Descent, and it is so good. And it also has a number of short poems in it. And so I wanted to read one of those poems, but I haven't reached out to him to get permission. So I'll do that, and you'll get an incredible poem next week. I've got one, John. Oh, great. <laughs> it's a cold place, and they say it gets colder. <laughs> You're bundled up now. Wait till you get older. But the meteor men beg to differ, judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we skate is getting pretty thin. Oh, God. The water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. My world's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it, and I never get bored. <laughs> so that's what happens when you forget John. for those who don't know that was a poem for, called for who's the don't know all star what? by smash mouth <laughs> all right we got to get through some corrections really quickly because we got so much stuff wrong on our recent podcast first off we got the population of the united kingdom wrong the actual population of the united kingdom is 17 100 billion people. We also got the population of Canada wrong. It's there are 14 Canadians. <laughs> so I apologize to everybody in Canada, all 14 of you, all listeners to the pod, all wrote in to correct us. Then we got several corrections about uh, bacteria, yes. um, as we often do. So first off, babies are born with gut microbes. Who knew? But they are. We, we got that from Francis. And Francis seems very knowledgeable on the topic. <laughs> uh, then we got several emails correcting us about uh, the, the, 
the microbes inside of cow stomachs. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, Hank, that 100% of the emails we got correcting us about cow stomach microbes also corrected us about Star Trek. <laughs> that is a thing. There's a, the, the, the Venn diagram is a circle. So Almost I'm just gonna, bound to happen. I'm going to read you one example. There's several emails like this one, but this one is from James, who writes, Hello, it was stated in the last pod that it was bacteria in cows that produce methane, but it is not. Instead, it is the... Archaea. ...in the guts of cows that do this. Archaea. While they appear to look like bacteria under a microscope, are in fact as distantly related to bacteria as you can get, sharing a common ancestor billions of years ago. Pretty cool. Humans, plants, etc. are a subgroup of... Archaea. ...that once ate a bacterium and kept it around as a power plant within our cell, the mitochondria. No bacteria... Only archaea. ...are known to produce methane. These... Methanogens. ...have been produced have been proposed to be very ancient. They cannot stand any oxygen, and methane production would be a good way of producing energy in times long ago, or some scientists think. Another possible correction, while the United Federation of Planets was formed uh, from the threat of an external enemy, the Romulan Star Empire, Earth was united through humanity coming together to, after many years of war, World War III, with 600 million casualties, and the eugenics wars of the 1990s before them. <laughs> so that turned out better than we thought. <laughs> I mean, oh, to, oh, to get the 90s back. Yeah. When first contact with the Vulcans was made uh, after those wars, fingers crossed that the Vulcans make it here soon before World War III of Moss and Moose, James. So there you go. Thank you, James, for those two corrections. We're wrong about Star Trek. We're wrong about the microbes inside of cow guts. I mean, if this podcast provided more dubious advice. Yes, or dubious truth. Mm, dubious truth. That's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good name for a band in the... Um, yeah, the current 21st world. century. Hey, yeah, let's, uh, oh, one other thing. Wait, what? In the previous podcast, Hank said that streetlights were boring. And then we got this beautiful email about streetlights that is too long for me to read because, like anything, when you pay attention to something, when you, mm -hmm. when you are attentive and pay close attention to it, it becomes beautiful and interesting. And it turns out that streetlights are no exception in this regard. We got a beautiful email from a land surveyor um, who's been doing that work for 23 years about streetlights. We're going to post it on the Patreon at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn uh, where you can see it, even if you're not a patron, although you are welcome to become one. It only costs a dollar a month, and you get essentially Essentially nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. We got a question. Oh, thanks. Any any Patreon patrons out there in the audience? Hey, thank you guys. Thank you. That's pretty that's pretty great. We mostly use that money to run SciShow and Crash Course, we'll be honest. <laughs> that's actually entire what we what we use all of it for. Uh, well a little bit goes to Nick for his non SciShow time or non Crash Course time. But Anyway, this question is from Glenn, who asks, Dear Hank and John, quick question. Now that we can grow meat in labs, can vegetarians eat hamburgers? Is lab-grown meat vegan? Or is this also a problem for vegans? Science has blurred the lines for me. I'm not even a vegetarian. Well, I mean, I don't know why you care then, Glenn. How do they cope? He's not concerned for his own sake, but for the... Uh, for the vegetarian's sake, and then he says, Trolls and Bridges Glen. What do you think, John? You're out. You guys, this is my question. You, John just got like 85 miles from the mic. I don't know what's happening. I'm moving away from the question. 
Oh, you don't want to, you just don't want any piece of this one? Well, you guys, I, well, the thing is, it depends, like, it depends on why you're doing it. Uh, being a vegetarian, there are lots of good reasons to be a vegetarian. Uh, but I would, I would say that, like, the original cells that the lab-grown meat is made from came from an animal. They might not have come from an animal that had to die, but for a vegan, that doesn't matter. It has to, like, it's just anything that, that like, influences, like, says, like, you are an animal for my sake, and I'm going to take your stuff so that I can survive when I don't even need that stuff. Then, like, lab-grown meat probably doesn't make sense. Also, probably, to your average vegan just sounds terrible because of how it probably sounds terrible to also your average human. It's kind of like, hmm, I get that why this might be better, but also, ugh. Uh, I, however, want it. I want it so bad. Somebody get me some lab-grown bologna. I'm going to put that with some mustard on some white bread and be a happy, happy man. I'm not complicated. So please send Hank 378 lab-grown hamburger patties. You will be a sponsor. While we're on that topic, I just want to say a quick thank you to Nerdfinder Ira, who sent in... Ari. I literally turned his name around in my head. <laughs> While we're on the topic, I just want to say a quick thank you to Nerdfighter Ari, who sent in 378 Dear Hank and John keychains. Uh, I took two of them, Hank took one, and we're selling the rest. Liar. What? I didn't take one. You oh, told, I, I, you, I reserved you, one you for you. You buy them. I reserved one for you. We're selling the rest uh, at the DFTBA.com booth here at NerdCon Nerdfighteria to raise money for the foundation to decrease world sex. So thank you, Ari. Also, if you spell your name backwards, it's Ira. And it anagrams to air. Hank, we have another question. This question comes from Jordan, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I am a newly born nerdfighter. Let's just pause mm. and thank Jordan for coming out of the womb able to type. <laughs> it's extraordinary. I have a three and a half year old and she's hopeless at typing. Oh. Now I feel like a failure as a parent. Jordan, thank you. I'm a newly born nerd fighter and last night at dinner an interesting question was posed. Is a person who grows cucumbers and makes them into pickles a cucumber farmer or a pickle farmer? Please answer as this is causing distress in my family. Jordan. Wait, no, the sign-off. No longer a fetus, Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, it's no memento mori. I felt that I could skip it, uh, but okay. Well, I, I want to give people credit for their sign-off. All right. I like that people are taking it seriously. First of all, I also like that Jordan has taken the sort of cosmic perspective of time and said, hey, look, it was not long ago. It was very recently that a person who was in their 90s was, was in the womb. Like, it's time and we experience it quite uh, slowly for how, how, how quickly it passes geologically and universally. What are you talking about? Well, I'm, I'm assuming that Jordan is not like six months old because of Jordan's oh, so concern like for the newly distress. Born, by newly born, he means like 17. Yeah. Because like in the scheme of geologic time, right. he's just been born. Yes. Right. That's okay. what I'm talking about. That's a great point. Second, yes, we are, we are, we are all newborns. It's true. <laughs> We're all just a bunch of babies trying to make our way in this yeah. dark and broken world. You guys, give, give that one to Neil deGrasse Tyson so he can tweet it for me. Uh, and 
Secondly, I think you're a, I think you are a cucumber farmer. Yeah. But who makes are, pickles? Who makes pickles? Yeah, I agree. You 100%. produce pickles. Cucumbers are your produce. <laughs> if somebody asks you at a party what you do, you say I make pickles. But if like somebody asks you who you are, you are a cucumber farmer. <laughs> you know, like if you want to take it all the way down, like yeah. All right. I'm glad we took that question seriously. <laughs> um, oh, my God, it's burning. Oh, my God, it's burning. For those of you at home, don't forget. Dear John and Hank, writes Lane, I am in the 11th grade, and I am being forced to take chemistry this year. I was a straight-A student before this, but now, for the first time in my life, I'm faced with the prospect of failing a class. I feel like my world will fall apart if I do, that my parents will hate me, I'll never get into a good college, and I'll end up living under a bridge. How do I ease this anxiety and get, a be get better at a subject I hate with all my being? Memento mori, Lane. Well, you don't have to. Just go live under a bridge. No. Here's the thing, Lane. You're freaking out about something that, like most things that you freak out about when you zoom out and think about geologic time, <laughs> are irrelevant. Because your life doesn't have, like, geologic significance. <laughs> You're just future oil, I mean, I Lane. <laughs> So, like, and by the way, you know how that happens. Chemistry. It's true. <laughs> it's weird to think about having geologic impact. Because humans do. Humans have become the largest impact upon the geology of the Earth in the last 50 years. Oh, yeah. Remarkable. We, we reroute rivers. We turn mountains into holes. Yeah. We uh, eliminate the trees from the landscape, which completely changes how erosion happens. It's... Like, it's shocking, because, like, of course, when I, w I once saw a, uh, uh, a, a paper, it was a test, and the question on the test, it was geology class, and it said, what is the greatest force in the world? And the person wrote, love. <laughs> uh, when, when, the, when the teacher was obviously looking for water, because the hydrological cycle has a huge impact, of course, on the... Don't you think gravity is the greatest force in the world? Yeah, gravity, gravity also pulls the water downward, which without, without gravity, there would be no hydrological cycle. But, but, John, but, if humans have the greatest impact on the world, as I believe they do now... Yeah. Isn't it love that made the human in the first place? Kind of. It so is they were kind right. of love. It's kind of love. We're right. Yeah, it's true, though. We are killing it in terms of... Actually answering questions? No, geology. And also answering questions. Here's the thing about chemistry. Don't fail. Like, so, just get that, get that C-. minus. Get it right where you need to be. You're still going to go to college. It's going to be okay. There's lots of colleges that don't care if you got a C- minus in chemistry. Um, I, I remember my first... Hey, like, is this good advice? I think it is. Yeah, I think fantastic. it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Not dubious just, at all. Just don't fail. It's okay. Like, it's even okay if... Probably okay. I mean, as long as you can get that diploma lane and you can get out of high school... And you still believe in yourself and your own worth as a human, which yeah. is, I think, like, one of the big problems with grades, but obviously it's complicated. I will say that, I, like, my first chemistry class in college, I freaked and I did very badly in, in, in like, the first semester of chemistry. And I, I majored in biochemistry, so obviously, like, that wasn't going to go. Um, 
And I, like, it was so terrifying to, and I was, and it was really the fear that was, that was the reason. Like, I couldn't get the information in because I was so freaked out about it. And it took time and, like, thought and, like, think, like, trying to find other ways of learning it that weren't just my teacher, that were other, like, the book and the, and, and the internet to find ways to, to get it into my head and eventually it all sort of like fell into place and, and stopped yeah, that's being the other thing. stopped being this terrifying thing that was blocking me from, from enjoying it. Sometimes you just have to keep going until it starts to click in. Yeah. And sometimes right before it starts to click in is when it feels completely hopeless and you think, I will never understand this. I am the worst chemistry student ever. And then you start to, it starts to click in. But you do have to seek out other ways of learning. My suspicion, Lane, given that you've done well in your other classes, is that maybe the approach that's being taken to chemistry is not the approach that's going to be most helpful to you. And so that probably means you're going to have to seek out other approaches. I recommend Crash Course Chemistry, but there are also other ways. We got another one. It's from Amy, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I've been doing very well at school lately, but to achieve all these good grades, I feel like uh, very fake and almost as if I don't deserve them and am stealing somebody else's work. It's like I take my knowledge from some obscure source uh, and then make it sound smarter, and there's my grade. Does this happen to you two when you upload things online and answer questions? Am I just being weird? I've never done this before, so please excuse me if I say something unusual. Thanks. Also, is it rude to email? Is Twitter better? I'm freaking out. Best wishes, Amy. <laughs> I mean, there's an email address, Amy. It's hankandjohn at gmail.com, and it's for this specific purpose. Yeah, first off, I just want to say, in terms of doing that correctly, Amy, it was great. Yeah, win. Perfect. Win, it could hardly have been better. I love the exclamation point after your best wishes. Yeah. I love that you included your name. Uh, the only thing I disagree with is that you wrote Dear Hank and John, which seems like you could have done that a little bit better. <laughs> but on the whole, I would say this is an A-plus email. You even got all the punctuation correctly inside of your parentheticals. This yeah. is phenomenal. I I'm going to post this on the Patreon as an example of a top-class email. <laughs> so, you got that going for you. Secondly, Hank, it seems to me that the, the process Amy is describing is called learning. <laughs> Wait, so somebody tells me something, and then, like, I, under, like, I understand it, and then I say it back in my own words because I've understood it well. Uh, and then people are like, oh, yeah, you, you get that. And That's then they learning. Get, and then they give you an A on a test or paper. Good job. That's, you did school. You did school right. I mean, I think there's something, there's something else maybe going on here, which is the, maybe like the dawning awareness that um, there's a big difference between understanding what other people have already figured out and understanding something new. Yeah. But in my experience, having essentially never realized something that other people hadn't already realized before me, you can go a long way without ever figuring out anything new. Oh, yeah. You'd, I never figure out anything. No, I've literally never had a new idea. <laughs> yeah. Brother 2.0 was entirely stolen from Zay Frank. Yeah, I was like, what if we did Zay Frank, but there was two of us? Yeah. That's not really... Maybe a slight innovation. Yeah. Maybe I, I slightly tweaked the formula to add a second person so that I would only have to make half as many videos. Yeah. Every single book I've written, I mean... My critics will be happy to tell you how derivative they are. 
I mean, you guys, listen, you guys can keep going, but trust me, I've, I've thought a lot about this, and I've never thought about anything new. So, Amy, you are crushing it, and con I mean, I cannot say enough about the grammar of this email. <laughs> even, in the, even in the parts where the grammar is poor, it's obviously intentional, which I love. So, Amy, just yep. keep going. This is great. We've got another question from Jamie Joe, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I grew up with a number of cartoons and children's books that all contained some instance of a character traipsing idyllically through a field illuminated by fireflies. My question, where are all the fireflies? I grew up in Washington State and now go to school in southern Utah, and there aren't fireflies in either of these places. Do I have to go somewhere specific to find fireflies? Are they only native to very small portions of land in North America? Warm thoughts and warm regards, Jamie Joe. All right, I'm just gonna ask for a show of yelling. If you, well, no, 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 not, 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 not location, that's too soon. Just do you have fire, if you have fireflies, please yell now. Okay, all right. And if you do not have fireflies, please yell now. Different voices, but still a lot. Yeah, I would say that according to my scientific study, Jamie Joe, <laughs> there are fireflies in approximately 60% of Earth. Oh. Oh, man. You I mean, we got to get, get that peer-reviewed to be sure, but I'm, I think that's on. Well, John, this podcast is brought to you by fireflies. They're just trying to find someone to love. Fireflies. They're there. Just not there, there. <laughs> and of course, today's podcast is brought to you by every koala ever. Every koala ever. A longtime sponsor of Dear Hank and John. This podcast additionally is brought to you by 36 year old newborn humans like me. I haven't been here very long. And lastly, today's podcast is brought to you by the song All Star from Smash Mouth. <laughs> the song All Star from Smash Mouth. Uh, overplayed? Never. Never. Deliver 378 of them to my P.O. box, please. Oh, that is just, that's asking, that's asking for it, Hank. I mean, that's, oh, God. I, I, uh, John. Yeah. I think it's time to... I think it's time to put the papers down. We're going to take some questions from, from our beloved listeners. Oh, uh, I, think, I think that the lines are and already... And the line is sufficiently long, so no longer get in line. <laughs> but I'm it's sorry it's your birthday. birthday. Oh, wait, your what's your name? What? All right, everyone, let's just quickly sing happy birthday to Emily. Just and also, we get to also who else's birthday is it? I mean, when there's 3,500 people in a room. Okay, listen, if it is your birthday, stand up. We're about to sing happy birthday to you. Everybody who's at your birthday, stand up. Don't lie. We'll know. Are you sure? All right, he, they're sure. All right. Everybody up there? A couple right. people at the top? Okay, they're up there in the corner? Okay. One, uh, one two, three. three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, everybody. To and those of you listening at home, if it is, today is your birthday as you're listening to this, happy birthday to you as well. If it is a, d d d the day before or the day after, stop trying to horn in on other people's birthdays. That's right. 
All right, it makes it so much less special. So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. All right, we have a, we have, uh, we're going to take our first question from over here. Yeah. Hi. Uh, hello. Um, I have always struggled with dedicating to things that I've wanted to do. Yeah. And my mom has quoted me as saying that I want to be really good at things without being bad at them first. Mm-hmm. How do I deal with that? You know, the f- I snowboarded for, um, for uh, you know, four times. Um, <laughs> and one thing I noticed about snowboarding is that not only did I hate being bad at it, but all the people on the mountain also hated me being bad at it. Right. And I was like, I don't know, you guys. Were you born with, like, like, like sliding down a mountain on, with, like, a wood strapped to your feet and, like, your knees locked together in this thing that's definitely going to kill you? Because, like, did you never not know how to do this? Uh, and so that's one thing is I feel like, like we should all be more forgiving of each other sucking at stuff because, like, you don't start out great. Uh, and then additionally, it's really good if you can try. Like, first, I think you have to be forgiving with yourself so that you can enjoy being bad. And if you, like, if you can find a way to enjoy being bad, then it doesn't matter whether you're good or not. So if you can't sing, if you're like me and you're really just not a great singer, uh, when I sing in the shower, I love singing and it doesn't matter that I'm bad at it because I love doing it you have to find for lack of a better term like the love of the game whatever the game is that you're playing you've got to find that thing that makes you want to keep singing in the shower even if you're not great and then sometimes not in the case of my singing but sometimes you'll get better <laughs> all right we'll go with the left the yeah Left. Over there that way. <laughs> His other left. Your yeah. left. Your, it's true, actually. Great point, Hank. It's everyone else's left. You were being very empathetic. Hello. <laughs> Hi, my name's Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. It's like an AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my name's actually Tori. Um, it's disappointing. I'm, s- <laughs> I'm disappointed, too. Yeah. Blame my parents. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, anyway... Um, two days before this, I was dumped, which oh. sucks. I'm sorry. And um, anyway, we met online. We had everything in common, and I, I really, really liked her. And she just said she didn't feel the spark. What is the spark? <laughs> 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 
I mean, if you... <laughs> well, you got your answer from the audience, I think. Which is maybe a bit of BS. Uh, I feel like John's back way away from the mic, despite the fact that he is among us the expert in being dumped. <laughs> well, I'm good at... I mean, I... I know, I know a lot about how to be dumped. I don't know a lot about the spark. <laughs> I mean, you just have to, you have to trust someone when they say that, and it's hard to hear, but you have to let them have their life, you know, and you have to let them have their feelings. It is not a reflection on you, although I'm sure that right now it feels like it is. Um, but it does not mean that you're not worthy of love or that you're not a good person. Like, I don't think that human beings deserve much of what they get, good or bad. But we, I, I definitely think that we deserve to love and to be loved. And you are loved and you will be loved in your life. And this is a moment when you feel probably distant from that, but it's, it's still really deeply true. Like you're a valuable person and you're loved and you will continue to be loved in your life. And I hope that's some comfort, but you can't, um, yeah, you can't make other people feel stuff as much as you maybe want to. I'm sorry, though. It really sucks. Back to the middle. Hello. My uh, name is Brian. Unfortunately, there's a bee at the beginning. Wow. That's God, close. So close. That really close. Close. You know, you can go to a courthouse and get that bee chopped right off. <laughs> that's one choice. Um, anyways, my question isn't actually from me. It's from my friend, Caitlin. And she is trying to decide whether to focus on biology or English. And yeah. given your two professions and majors. She was wondering if you could speak to that. Get yourself a self that can do both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, I, right, like, I think you're going to do more than one thing in your life. Like, we always weasel out of this question, and so you're going to watch <laughs> us do it again, but... <laughs> There's this idea, like, especially when you're young, because you are forced to pick a major or a field of study, and you, it's hard to pick both. I mean, you can double major in biology and English, and I know people, some of my friends from college did it, one of whom's now a very successful doctor who uh, is also a very good writer. Um, but it is possible. But you're going to do more than one thing in your life, you know, so it's, it's good to know about both. Like, ultimately, I think biology and English, are, aren't they both trying to understand what we're doing and how we got here. Uh, it's just different approaches to the same, like, big questions in a lot of cases. So I don't... Yeah, I'm weaseling. Yeah, definitely weasel, 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 weasel. Yeah. Weasel, 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 make your own decision. Yeah. The only other thing I'd say to Caitlin is I'm going to flip this cup, and if it lands like that, that's, uh, that's, that's English. And if it lands like this, which I think is slightly more likely based on my knowledge of physics, that's biology, because I think it's probably, on average slightly better to study biology. So here we go. Really weird you think either of those things are going to happen. <laughs> weasel, weasel, weasel. Yeah, the cup to, landed on its side. She's going to have to make her own choice, unfortunately. <laughs> Over Hello, here. lefties. Hi. So I'm so happy that Brian went ahead of me because my name is Brianna, which also kind of has Ryan in it. God. I mean, we're getting so close. We're getting really close. And by the way, the first person who says their name is Ryan is definitely going to be lying. Anyway, what? hi, Brianna. Hi. Brianna? It's Brianna. Brianna. I go by Bree because even my loved ones call me yeah. Brianna. So sorry, it's, sorry. It's okay. You're not the first. Okay. Um, so my question is that, so I'm 19, and I have one younger sister who is 15. 
I love her and we are very close, but I also very much want to murder her most of the time. <laughs> so my question is, are there any particular issues or anything that you guys feel that urge to murder each other over? Can I stop you real quick and just ask a follow-up question to your question? Yes. Do you mean murder literally? <laughs> I mean, I've tried to hit her with things, but I'm older, oh. so my mom told me that's not responsible. So, I mean. <laughs> All right. Well, don't kill anybody. Don't kill your sister. That's or anybody. Be, no, or, yeah. Great point, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some advice. of our advice is dubious, but. Uh, was it a, was it more of a question about our? Yeah, that was the question. But I just wanted to, I wanted to check in real quick on the murder situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have we punched each other? I've punched you. Yeah, I mean, we were not in a while. <laughs> I mean, Hank and I had a pretty intense rivalry when we were kids, you know. Because uh, I was like the same size, but three years like less mature and younger, and right and looking up to him. Yeah, so I could beat him up, but I was very, very, like, less cognitively mature. I mean, I, I think, like, for me, the critical moment came when I started re respecting Hank and thinking of him as a really interesting person, which was probably around the time that I was, like, 16 or 17. Oh, and wow. I, I recognized that he was a really, like, smart, interesting guy. And after that, you know, a lot of it felt like I was almost trying to, like, repair our... It felt like there was some repairs that needed to be done in our relationship. But to be honest, we were not really close until Brotherhood 2.0. I mean, that's yeah. why we did it, because we would talk on the phone maybe, like, once every year, once every two years. We would, like, AOL instant message sometimes when there was something important going on. But not even that often. Yeah. yeah. Not, like, weekly or anything. And I, I just admired... It was kind of like I admired Hank from afar. I was like, what a cool person who's technically in my nuclear family. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I was thinking about, oh, I would be great to do a collaborative video blog that would be, like, Lonely Girl 15 meets the show with Zay Frank because it really was just those two ideas... Um, I thought, it, you know, it would be cool, like, it, what, what a great opportunity that might be to get close to Hank again. And since then, since January 1st, 2007, like, we've never had a big fight. Right? No, I mean, like, the, yeah, we, we have dealt with... I mean, I don't think we've shouted at each other. No. Yeah. I mean, when we have shouted at each other, it's been about the same, like, we, it's been in, in agreement... Right, there's definitely been shouting in the same room. Where we're just really worked up, <laughs> but we're on the same page. Right, yeah, we're, you know? we're really shouting at so, someone else who's not there. Yeah, we're mad, but we're mad in the same direction. Not, not this way. And there have been a way. few times when, like, Hank has been, uh, like, super annoyed with me. I remember one time at the first VidCon, he oh, yeah. said, why are you looking at me? And I was like, what do you mean? Why? And he was like, put your eyes away. <laughs> It was a stressful moment. But it was just stressful, and I wasn't helping. You know, I was like, Hank, there's a problem. And he's like, I'm aware there's a problem. And I was like, but there is a problem. And he was like, I know about the problem. And I was like, but I was told to come tell you that there is a problem. And I don't know how to solve it. And then, then I murdered him. No, then eventually the Gregory brothers uh, got their video working, and the, then they, as it happened... 
the weird thing about that story is that in that moment, we were so tense, like more stressed out than we've been almost probably since then, except for a few occasions. And um, we were thinking like this VidCon thing that's, you know, is going to fail. And this is the moment where it's truly going to fail. And then once the video started working, the Gregory brothers performed an actually and literally sacred version of their song, Double Rainbow, that transported all of us out of the basement of the Hyatt Regency Century Plaza into some, like, ethereal land that only, like, beauty can take you to. And it all worked out better than expected. Not really answering your question, but thank you. That was lovely. And everybody loves Yosemite Bear. And going back to the middle. Hello. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I'm not Ryan, unfortunately. Not even close. Right. And I want to start by thanking you both for everything you do. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. You don't know everything I do. <laughs> Reminds me of a line from James Joyce. Someone once walked up to him uh, on the street and said, may I shake the hand that, that wrote Ulysses? And he said, no, it's done a lot of other things. <laughs> Uh, he, was a, he was a complicated man. I'm sorry, Stephanie, what was your question? Um, my question is, between Alexander Hamilton and Sirius Black, who is the bigger drama queen? <laughs> Contentious question that in the room. In a, that puts us in a tight spot, Stephanie. Yeah. I mean, you're asking us to basically pit the two greatest fandoms in the world right now against each other. I asked, my best friends and I started the bait. I asked Lin-Manuel Miranda and he had no answer. I can only bring it to you guys next. Reminds me of that time that John asked Barack Obama to name his child. <laughs> Barack Obama was like, no, I will not do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might pull a Lin-Manuel Miranda on this one. Like, if, 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 if Lin-Manuel Miranda won't answer the question, there's no way in hell I'm going to answer the question. <laughs> because my answer is literally whatever Lin-Manuel Miranda said. <laughs> High quality answer, John. Thank you. Thanks for the question. Thank you. Sorry. Oh, my God, we are so good at weaseling. Bring us we are... more. We should run for office. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Thank you, but no. I honestly, I don't know if that applause is a compliment. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hello, my name is Glenn. Sadly, it's not Ryan. Uh, my brother's name is Ryan, if that counts for anything. That's great. Congratulations to, to him. <laughs> and my issue is... My girlfriend is vehemently against the idea of me going into space. She thinks it's very dangerous. I understand. So, yes, I've, I had this experience as well when I was first dating my, my current wife. Yeah. Do you have any dubious advice of how to convince her that I will probably not explode and die? You know, I, have a f I, I actually have a literal friend who may go to space, who is married and has children. And, uh, and I, have, I know some other people who've been to space. And it's not, it's not an insignificant thing for the family. Like, it is a dangerous job. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't... I think you're on the wrong side of this one. Well, I wouldn't go there. Brilliant. I wouldn't necessarily... But I do, I under... I, and I think that, you know, you take that concern seriously. Um, and, and my friend has, like... It was a long conversation about, like... And, and also, like, as he got closer to that dream, it became more of, like, a, oh, we actually have to talk about this and not in a jokey way kind of thing. Um, so it's not necessarily something like a, a bridge you have to cross right now. Uh, you know, there's a number of, a number of uh, life choices that you don't make uh, early in a relationship. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's maybe what I'd say is wait to have the conversation seriously until you're, you know, confident that this is a, well, maybe you are, I don't know, but um, <laughs> to you're confident that this is a lifelong thing, or, both or the like space thing and the thing. relationship thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I but, mean, I would never... Because what happened to me is I was like, I, I want to go to Mars. Like, that's one of my goals in life. And, and Catherine was like, I, you know, like, <laughs> we're not going to get married. So what's, what's the concern? I don't care. You go to Mars. Like, we, we've been dating for three weeks. Um, and then it turned out I don't want to go to Mars because, like, I throw up on... Like, I get nauseous in elevators. So <laughs> Mars is not the place for me. <laughs> is Mars the place for anyone, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Get over yourself, John. Back to the middle. <laughs> um, so I'm Ben. Hi, Ben. My name is Ben. Hi. <laughs> so my question is, you guys have been doing this for 10 years. Um, so 10 years ago, where did you guys think you would be? And 10 years from now, where do you think you will be? Oh, yeah. What about you? Where do you think you'll be? I had, I, I never, I'm not like a future thinker. I have to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly 10 years ago, I didn't think I'd be making YouTube videos in 10 years. Like, no. I thought YouTube was going to, uh, you know, pass through the world the way that most things do. Um, and I, I certainly never, I mean, yeah, it's, it was unimaginable. Like, the... I look, I, I look back at, I look back at where, like, what I was doing 10 years ago. I was living in New York. I, was, I, was, I had just published An Abundance of Catherines, which had been this, like, uh, colossal commercial failure, frankly. Um, and, you know, I was trying to write another book, and, uh, and I was making videos with my brother that, at the time, 10 years ago, you know, between 400 and 500 people were, were watching each video, and it felt great. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the weird thing is like, it felt like we had a really, like we were beginning to form a really strong community that was starting to do really cool stuff. Like it was almost exactly 10 years ago that I got this infection behind my eye, orbital cellulitis. And that was really the first Nerdfighter project was Hank asked people to send in um, pictures of themselves with stuff on their head. And we had like 400 viewers and we got like 350 pictures. <laughs> and I was like, it it's happened. Like, we're, you know, we're, we have this amazing community of viewers and we're going to be able to do lots of cool stuff together. And I basically still feel that way. Like, that feeling hasn't really changed much. And I just kind of just want to have that feeling in 10 years. And it, I don't really, I hope that there's still a bunch of people, but if it's just like four or 500 of us, but it's four or five hundred of us who care enough to send in a picture, then that would be awesome. Keep doing it with me. All right, I'm, don't uh, think I have a choice. Yeah, that's the best yes, ha 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 ha. You, can't, you really can't go off on your own. I've locked you in. I don't want to. I mean, yeah. I really like collaborating with you. It's fun and weird, and like you, you're super. Ah, shut up! Don't. No, I don't mean. I don't. <laughs> I was about to say a bunch of negative things about Hank, but then you interrupted me with your awes. <laughs> what else am I, John? You just like, you don't. You have a different set of incentives from every other person I know. Like, I am a normal person who is motivated by money and ego and power and success. And you have no interest in any of that stuff. And it's so cool to 
be your brother because you pull me in all kinds of weird directions that you can only get pulled in if you genuinely do not experience those incentives the way most people do. Oh, oh that's very nice. Huh? That's very nice. Thank you. I just, yeah, I'm pulled in those directions as well. I'm also just pulled in, like, toward weird. I really like weird. I know my favorite people are people who just want to do weird stuff. Yeah. Like, I just love it. Like, especially when the weird stuff is in some ways, like, generous or kind to an audience. I love that. Yeah, I was just thinking about how, like, uh, it's almost like it it feels wrong in some ways to... uh, think that you can be like silly and dumb and absurd and at the same time really authentic and caring and thoughtful. Like those things don't feel like they're two, two things that could, should be able to be pushed together, but that's the, those are the things I yeah. like to push together. When they are, it's amazing. Like yeah. Harry and the Potters, it's amazing. Like yeah. when those stuff, when that stuff, it's like nuclear fusion. fusion. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hank, we, got, we, got, we have like Thank a few you. more minutes to answer questions. So let's get through as many as we can. Hello. Hi, my name is Ryan, spells U-G-O, Ryan. Cool, That's perfect. Great. great. Um, me and my girlfriend were on a trip uh, traveling, and then we got stuck in immense traffic, and there was no way I had to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. uh, there. So I decided to like Ben in Paper Towns. Yeah. Improvise. Yeah. And my question is, we had this debate, uh, what's the proper way to dump the content that was... Uh, uh, well, hopefully you've got... Did you have a screw tap? Was it like a Gatorade bottle or was it like an open can? It was like a McDonald's. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay, great. That's McDonald's. very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. So it was a McDonald's cup. So what you yeah. do in that so situation... Do you, do you throw it on, on the road? Oh, no. John, John has advice. Or do you throw the cup and everything away? No, 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 no. So you go when you eventually come to a place where you can go to a bathroom. You go to a bathroom. You dump the urine into the toilet and then you then you take the de-urined cup and you put it in the trash but you put it in deep enough that nobody will touch it by accident that is i think your responsibility yeah like if you if there's like a piece of pizza that gets thrown in there you don't want it to land on the cup because i might come along later and eat that piece of pizza you need to what you probably want to do is you want to put a couple paper towels maybe over the de-urined McDonald's. Right. Exactly like what I do when I get an illicit corn dog on the way home from work, and then I put that in the trash, and then a couple paper towels over it so Catherine doesn't know I had the corn dog. <laughs> that, yes. That stick is still in there. Hi, my name is Lance, and I was wondering, uh, what goes into making a podcast, like, beside, behind the scenes, like, how does, how is Dear Hank and John made behind the scenes? Well, as you can see, Lance, we're an incredibly professional operation. (laughs) We, uh, upload the files to a Dropbox, where Nick then downloads them, and then he does something, and then it comes out on iTunes. Yeah, we don't know what he does. (laughs) We don't, it's some kind of black magic. (laughs) Um, yeah, we don't know much about how it works, uh, but... We're grateful. <laughs> Every Monday it comes out, and I'm like, ooh, we sound much better than we sounded in real life. <laughs> Good work, Nick. We're going to take one more question before on the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. It's going to be right sorry. over. Sorry, oh, so sorry, last person to not have your question asked. I'm so sorry. That's the worst. Okay. Right. Hi, um, my name's Jackie. It's an honor. Um, so I guess to set up a bit of my question, I used to be in a research master's, and basically the professor told me I couldn't do it and I basically said, well, to heck with it. I'm going to prove you wrong, and I did it anyway. Uh, but <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Um, 
it, but I guess the problem was that even though I was eventually able to do it, it kind of destroyed my self-confidence. Mm. So I'm in a new degree now. I'm starting to be a genetic counselor, but I get told a lot from my supervisors, a lot of good things and a lot of bad things. Well, not maybe a lot of bad things, but crit both critiques on both sides. And a professor told me a few weeks ago that she's noticed I always like keep my head down, but I'm a good student. I'm can be a good genetic counselor, but I always focus on the bad that I get. Mm -hmm. What is your dubious advice of how can I learn to remember the good things that come out of feedback? Yeah, I mean, I, so like, like I ha like deal with people, like managing people a lot in my daily life now, and whenever I'm talking to them, I'm trying, I'm trying to help them learn, like ideally they can learn something from me. And so if I only give them positive feedback, even if they're the best, like they're not growing. And so I'm looking for things to be like, what aren't you perfect at? And like, that is a very important part of all of our developments. Like I need to hear from you guys when I mess up. I need to hear from John when I mess up. I need to hear from my employees when I mess up. Like, like when I'm not doing, like if I could be doing something better, I wanna know that. So it's it's more like it's less about concentrating on the the good things. It's more about understanding that the the criticisms that you're getting are they're not saying that you suck or that you uh, you shouldn't be doing this. They're saying like we could all be better. Like there's no one like there's no one who couldn't be better at the thing that they're doing. Right. Like here's the next step. That's how I try to think of it. Like okay, what's the next? What you know? What can I learn and do better? in the next book. I will say like negative comments penetrate in a way yeah. positive comments never can because you you know you suspect that they are secretly true or that it reveals the secret truth about you which is that you are worthless or whatever. And that's that part isn't true. You know like like when when you're hearing something negative and taking that in as I am worthless or I am not up to this or I am not good enough, like that part is not true. Uh, you are good enough, you are up to this, you do, you know, you are capable of it and, and you can get there. Uh, and, and that's, I try to remind myself of that, that like when I'm turning feedback into uh, a reflection on me as a person and thinking that it makes me a piece of trash as in, in, in the parlance of the internet, like that's a, that's a mistake um, because no, no person is and certainly not me. And I, I guess the only thing I'd say on that front is like when I get negative feedback, I really, really try hard not to, um, not to get defensive, but instead to, to say, okay, is, is that right? And if it's right, can I, can I learn from it? and get better at what I love doing. And hopefully that turns it into something that's not so uh, biting and personal, but instead is an opportunity to, you know, focus, like figure out what you're gonna focus on in your next few steps as you go toward the goal that you will achieve. All right. Hank. Let's face it, nobody comes to this podcast for dubious advice. They come to this podcast for two reasons and two reasons only. Number one, and by far the most important, is to find out the news from AFC Wimbledon. Woo. League One's greatest team. Not by quality of results, <laughs> but by quality of 
something greater than results. And the other reason is to find out the news from Mars. The solar system's... The solar system's second most important planet and eighth most important by mass. Maybe? Sixth? Fourth? The planet... You got Jupiter, Saturn... Are you going by mass? Is the sun a planet? (laughs) Earth? No. Neptune and Uranus are also gas giants. It doesn't matter, John. We don't have enough time for you to figure out the freaking order of the planets. (laughs) The news from Mars, as people trickle out of the auditorium because no one cares. That's not true. The vast majority of people are still here. There's like 2,500 people here waiting on the edge of their seats to find out what just happened on a cold, dead rock light minutes away from us. <laughs> Didn't even happen on the cold, dead rock. It happened here on Earth. SpaceX, as you may remember from last year when I announced this, and, uh, decided that they were going to go to Mars. They were going to send one of their Dragon capsules to the surface of Mars, and it was going to launch in 2018. That was a very ambitious goal. They have decided that they are not going to meet that goal. Uh, getting the Dragon capsule to the surface of Mars in 2018 was really, like, kind of the thing that needed to happen for 2028 to be not, like, a ridiculously ludicrous timeline for getting a human to Mars, which really always it was. It's really about locking it in for till 28, 2028 with the Dear Hank and John, because you're not going to change the name on me. It's not going to happen. We're going to fight about this later. It's fine. If we get, if Elon Musk himself says that 2027 is no longer a possible date, if we get, if we get nope, Elon that's Musk not how on this tape. works. Not how it works. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's start it. How it works. Not how it works. I mean, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. First off, there are a bunch of people who weren't chanting, and I know all those people agree with me. Anyway. But regardless of those people's existence or not, SpaceX has decided that they're going to be launching that mission in 2020. It takes about, it's like two-year launch windows for, uh, for Mars exploration. So you basically only, like, the planets only line up at the right spot every two years. So we're going to have to wait. So, Hank, uh, it- but, but, but it's possible that they will be able to make this a better, more useful, cooler mission by incorporating a sample return mission that they wanted to do a little bit later uh, as the second mission to Mars, so maybe this will allow enough time to develop that sample return so the first mission will uh, collect uh, some samples from the surface of Mars or that have been previously collected by a rover and then return those to Earth to be studied by real human hands, which is almost like going to Mars, except bringing it to us instead. <laughs> Why go to Mars when Mars can come to us? So, Hank, uh, it has not been a great 2017 for AFC Wimbledon or... Some would argue more generally, but <laughs> in fact, since Christmas, AFC Wimbledon has won, uh, eh, by my count, no games? No, just the one, just the one. Beat Oxford United 2-1 on uh, January 14th. Uh, since October, Hank, AFC Wimbledon, uh, until very recently, had scored no goals away from home. Uh, and has had a very tough January, uh, not least because of our noted opponents, waterlogged pitch and frozen pitch, um, both of whom we drew against, and then uh, lost 4-0 to Sheffield United, had two fight backs down 1-0 to, to get 1-1 draws uh, earlier in the month, uh, then, uh, lo- then lost a game in the last second to Shrewsbury, and then we've played our old friend Gillingham, or possibly Gillingham, I still don't remember. Uh, 
and we drew that game 2-2 with a last-minute equalizer. So that was good, but there have been a lot of draws and no wins, and, and we, are, we were beginning to creep down the table to the area where it gets very scary. Uh, because if you are one of the bottom four teams in League One, you do not get to play in League One next season. You have to go play in League Two, which is the fourth tier of English soccer, because everything is named very appropriately in England. Um, and it was getting very nervous, and I was very anxious, and I was refreshing throughout this morning at NerdCon, Hank. I was just thinking, I'm having the best day ever. If only, if only AFC Wimbledon could find a goal, and then in the 68th minute, who should score? But the Messi for Montserrat, the, the Caribbean Cristiano Ronaldo, Lyle Taylor, scored a goal to put AFC Wimbledon 1-0 up. Uh, their opponents, Walsall, Walsall, nobody knows how to say it. Um, they hit, the, um, they hit the post, they hit the inside of the post in the 90th minute, but they did not score. AFC Wimbledon won the game. Uh, ending eight weeks, eight long weeks of not winning. Um, and they now find themselves, I wouldn't say comfortable, uh, but they find themselves in 13th place on 43 points. Hank, the magic number is 52. If we could get 52 points, we almost definitely stay up. We've got 13 games to get nine points. That should be doable. Go sports. Yay, sports. All right, John. What did we learn today? Uh, well, Hank, we learned that... Uh, is that an actual dog? There's a real dog in here. That's cool. Oh, I'm sorry if we're stressing your dog out. Um... Oh, there's, oh, no, oh, they're probably stressing each other out now. Sorry. Oh, there's, oh, yeah, there's porn dogs up here. Uh, what did we learn today, Hank? Well, that was the question I asked you, but you got real distracted. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that we learned that streetlights and their planning can be beautiful and complex and wonderful. And you can learn that at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn. Way to get the Patreon in there for a second time today, Hank. That's hard work. <laughs> uh, of course, we learned that Hank wants 378 uh, lab meat patties. And we also learned that if you pee in a cup... You pour the pee into the toilet, and then the cup goes in the trash, buried a little bit down. And lastly, we learned that uh, all of us, in the scheme of things, are newly born. Even that doggy. Thank you all so much for being here. That is ultimately what we learned, is that doing live Dear Hank and John works. And it's real fun. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to do this again. Thank you all for listening. Uh, real quickly, I got to I got to do the I got to do the credits. Uh, you can email us at hankandjohn at gmail.com, I think. Is that our email address? Yep. I'm I'm uh, John Green on Twitter. Hank is Hank Green. Uh, use the hashtag Dear Hank and John. Our podcast is edited by Nicholas Jenkins, uh, produced by Rosiana Hals, Rojas, and Sheridan Gibson. Victoria Bonjourno is our head of community and communications, and our music is by the great Gunnarola. Thank you again for listening. As we say in our hometown. Don't forget to be awesome. Woo. Thank you, guys. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs>